It's Think Outside the Box Set West Coast Edition. West It's that podcast you like that you're listening to right now. Remember that one? Yeah, that's right. It's all about learning to appreciate artists that may be misunderstood, recognized, or dismissed. I'm Nathan Hunt. I'm Cameron. On West Coast time. Both of us. Way back. West Coast Nathan Hunt. Got my pod on my... Wait, fuck. I get it wrong. (laughs) Excuse me? (laughs) I was going to do the gin and juice thing, but then I think I said it out of order. Got my mind on my podcast and my podcast on my mind. (laughs) You won't edit it out. Don't lie to me. Nathan, I definitely will. I... Well, now it won't make sense because we're talking about it. (laughs) And I said it in such a sheepish way. So you have to keep it. (laughs) And we're continuing to talk about it. So I'm forcing Uh, you to not edit it out. And I will be referencing it throughout the rest of the episode. Yeah, good. Um, How long do you think it will take you to excise the, the East Coast, hey, I'm walking here, um like uh just like busybody energy that you've been accumulating for the mm. past what five or six years how long have you lived in boston now almost eight years oh my god actually like almost exactly eight years yeah uh, i mean before that philly for what six months yeah yeah <laughs> a lovely six months the lovely <laughs> six months that really made my life um yeah that's a good question. Uh, I don't know. I ain't been walking since I've been here. So I've just been driving <laughs> everywhere because I am deep, deep in suburbia. Fine. Um, so I don't know. I've uh, I've done remarkably little like aggressive Boston-style driving here so far. Um, mostly because everyone else most of the time is like much more chill than Boston. So I don't feel the need to like... Uh, stomp on the gas to like get around them or you know claim my spot in line or whatever i've been Um, listening to by your your recommendation um behind the bastards behind the police the um actually i finished it uh and it was such a such a helpful um way to orient around these ideas of you know how necessary are the police spoiler alert not um and (laughs) and why are they here and why does everyone take them for granted in a um like we have to have them um and uh the show is all about you know uh policing in the u.s or it's mostly about that and uh your your old town boston yep. kept getting brought up again and again as yep. being one of the most toxic awful places like politically that's ever existed yeah it's it's really bad i mean portland too gets a shout out for uh, oh yeah how it was just a mob racket and how the police were like part of the mob racket and you know arguably Welcome home. still are yep uh, <laughs> yeah boston uh actually one of my one of my uh one of my favorite articles that i read recently that just came out a few months ago was all about how um boston police in traffic enforcement 70 percent of all of their traffic enforcement was black drivers even though black people are 23 percent of boston 
<laughs> so that's one of the worst discrepancies of like I've heard those reports in all sorts of different cities. Yeah, that's one of the worst ones I've heard. It also explains why there's zero traffic enforcement in like any white neighborhood. It's because they're just like <laughs> we only do that for black people. What we, we're not gonna like pull you know like keep people from blowing through stop signs and running over kids who are trundling on, along on their tricycles. No. On their big wheels. <laughs> on their big wheels. We're not going to do that. We're just going to use it as a club to hit, beat up black people with, metaphorically <sighs> and literally. Anyway, so Boston. Yay. Yeah, it's it's the perfect one-two punch of things that you hate. Uh, driving <laughs> uh, <laughs> and racism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're they're both equally bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So, so this is the final episode of our Billy Joel season, season fourteen. Yeah. And it and ends with a real whimper of an album called River of Dreams from nineteen ninety-three. And that album ends with a a a goodbye, an explicit a goodbye. Like yeah. I, here I go. Yeah, he's like, I'm done. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Like a twister. I was born to be alone. Is that how that song goes? Walk alone? Like a drifter, you idiot. Oh, drifter. Oh, yeah, twister. (laughs) Twister is a pretty, is a fairly good movie. I had some friends watch it recently who said it's amazing. And it's like, yeah, it's it's okay. It's not, I mean, I wish like big budget spectacle movies were made that way today because it has like any characters uh, and has any plot line. Um, so I kind of wish they still made movies like that, but it's not like amazing, but it's pretty good. Boy, Twister. Boy, you, you sure are excited to talk about this album. Yeah, you, <laughs> you can tell. tell. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, you know what? This is his longest album, but to me, it's not his most tiresome album. Hmm. I think it's, I think it's fine. Uh, a lot of it is. Some of it is quite bad. Um, like he has a really, really um, ill-advised blues song right up in there, which right up in that album, right up in the middle of the album. Um, a lot of it, he's really just trying to sound like David Bowie, which is this is okay. This is something we ran into with Garth. How Garth? I don't know if just Garth and Billy just like never had an idea of who they were and who they wanted to be and what they wanted to do. And if that was just like kind of imposed on them by a record label, but as they went on, they both, both of their like personas seem to just like dissolve more and more like Garth pretty explicitly with his Chris Gaines alter ego. But Billy Joel too here is like, I mean, he had a a whole album that was just complete pastiches of other people's work um, where he's like, I'm going to write a Frankie Valley song. Um, It's, it's almost like he should have had like a, like a, late night talk show because I, I get the impression that Billy Joel has a, a very consistent personality. Like when I read his interviews and stuff like, he's, yeah, like he's kind of an interesting person, but like it, it, the album, the, the medium of the album seems to not fit like, you know, drawing out a narrative of who he is and giving yeah. you an idea of who the speaker is. Um, and what maybe would fit for him more is just like a platform to do whatever he wants in a way that actually makes sense. You know? Yes, exactly. Like if like he hosted Jimmy, like a variety show or something. Yeah. 
It's like Where Jimmy Fallon, like, like obviously wants to be a song and dance man, but he's yeah. not, I wouldn't listen to an album of his. But, oh, totally. You know, it's entertaining to watch him, you know, uh, be Bruce Springsteen. And you know it's being played for comedy, but ultimately he's doing it because he loves Springsteen. Is it played for comedy so much as is like funny goofishness? I don't know if I call that comedy so much you're, as just you're trying like an interest, interesting dichotomy. <laughs> well, I does anybody laugh something. at Jimmy Fallon? <laughs> There's not jokes. He's just like coming out as like, here's that guy you recognize, and I'm just gonna like, just like jump around and like goof him up a bit. But nobody's gonna yeah, laugh. Yeah, like, this. isn't he charming? Yeah, I'm just <laughs> yeah, <huh. Aww>. yeah. <laughs> I'm charmed by it. It's fun, but it's not comedy. It's not like jokes. Charmity. Maybe it is a stupid distinction to draw. Um, no, I think you're onto something. Uh, yeah, Bill, but you're right. Billy Joel's sort of a cipher, and <laughs> yeah, and uh, he kind of looks like George Michael on the cover of this album. See what I mean? The uh, painting done yeah. by uh, his ex-wife. Oh, is that his ex-wife did that? Yeah. Oh. Oh yeah, I Christy Brinkley did see that. Dr- George Michael there. Maybe a little bit. Yeah, I think though like something about the stubble look looks very George Michael y to me. Yeah, I don't know. Um let's see. Apparently there is some rumors that some of these songs that have themes of trust and betrayal uh come from Billy Joel's brother in law, ex sorry, ex brother in law, uh Frank Weber, who embezzled millions of dollars from him. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, um, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. So th- this I mean, at, what? at some level, I also, anytime I hear about like rich people losing some of their money, it's a little <laughs> bit hard for me to care. But like on a relational level, like right. I would imagine that, you know. It's true. Yeah. It's true. I, yeah. I kind of agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> he was going to give it all to um, himself. To orphanages. <laughs> <laughs> but then his ex brother in law took it from him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Uh, so this is, I mean, it's his longest album. It's still less than 50 minutes. So that's nice. I do appreciate that. Um, and I, I do appreciate that he stopped making new music. I still think that is such a ballsy move that is very <laughs> underrated. Like, I, I don't know if he, if he like explicitly thought to himself, I'm winding down. I am not as young as I once was. I don't have like the kind of energy to bring perspectives like songwriting as I once did. Yeah. It's not going to be fresh. Or if he was just like, I'm tired of doing this. I don't have anything more to say. Like, I don't know like what the motivation yeah, precisely was, but either way, I think it's good because his last couple albums have not been real uh, great in terms of songwriting as far as I'm concerned. I do, I don't especially like any of these songs, but I do think that it is, I think he's, he has some things to say in this album. Like he has some like kind of zoom out moments where he seems to be wanting to just sort of reflect on his life, almost like he's on his deathbed, but it's his career deathbed, I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, or recording career deathbed, at least. Um, and I, 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 I did sort of appreciate how like his attempts at positivity mm-hmm. um, in, in this album in ways that like, you know, before he seemed to be just sort of nihilistic 
mm-hmm. and I feel like he has tried to reverse that in this album. And I kind mm. and while I don't specifically appreciate all the sentiments, I appreciate the arc, uh, you know, that he's on. Um, that he's trying to not just be like, well, it's all meaningless, you know? Um, and I don't necessarily think he has anything especially inspiring to say in terms of like positive messages, um, Mm -hmm. for the most part, but I, I was interested in that. I wonder why. Yeah, that's a good point. He does. I mean, we're a pretty far cry from like captain Jack and sitting at home masturbating or whatever that line was. Well, actually, I think that's a decent segue to No Man's Land, the first song. Yeah, let's check it out. Everybody's all excited about it. Who remembers when it all began? Out here in No Man's Land, before they passed the master plan. Uh, was that ultra loud for you? No, it's fine. Oh, okay. It was for me for some reason. Get your levels right. I guess. Find all your dongles. Get them in order. Mm-hmm. Nathan was saying that he didn't have the dongles that he needed to do this episode right. That's <laughs> true. Uh, so this song is all about suburbia. And he's talked about suburbia before, but this one's very specifically about it. And it's about the, you know, all of the like malls and consumerism and uh parking lots uh uh it's a it's a, it's about uh well he he also kind of talks about drugs and like uh violence um that's like brought on by ennui he talks about yeah. uh lolita like which i i guess is specifically this like long island lolita who was like, uh, I, I think like a mistress who, um, or she was a man's mistress and then she murdered his wife or something. On oh, Amy Fisher. There's a, uh, you're wrong about this episode about her, I think. Oh, interesting. I would like to listen to that. Yeah. And f- then forward that to Billy Joel and be like, Hey, this is a lot more complicated than you think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's, um, um Oh, because this is that guy, Joey Buttafuoco, who, like, provided quite a bit of uh, late night um, comedy jokes about his last name and whatever. Who cares? Uh, (laughs) And I think he, like, abused her or, like, was really shitty to her somehow. I mean, he, he started by when she was 16. I don't know if that's technically statutory rape in New York. But it's not great. Not great. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't be great if she was 18 or 19, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Because he was, what, 35? Yeah, 35. Yuck. Yeah. So the the verse that I'm kind of the most interested in is uh, this one here. I see these children with their boredom and their vacant stares. God help us if we're all to blame for their unanswered prayers. They roll the sidewalks up at night. This place goes underground. Thanks to the condo kings, there's cable now in zombie town. Um, uh, closed circuit, top 40 sports attractions, major uh, sports sports franchise. Sports major franchise. Attraction. Um, yeah, he's, 
I actually have a sound sample of that too, which we can play after this, but he's talking about essentially the kind of lack of culture um, and how there's this generation of kids uh, who are going to grow up in this kind of environment and they're going to be kind of aimless and uh, I wish I knew what that felt like. Yeah. (laughs) And untethered from like a higher context um, or tradition. And I mean, I'm, I'm reading into those lyrics a lot, but I I feel like that's what he's talking about. You're right. Um, And yeah, specifically the lyric, God help us all if we're to blame for their unanswered prayers. So in like Captain Jack, he's talking about kind of suburban uh, middle class, lower middle class living um, or upper middle class living. And he's he's critical of of the kids and the young people and and their ennui, their anhedonia. Um, and in this, he's critical of the people who created this the circumstance. Yeah, which for those kids. I am way more on board with. Like yeah, Captain I mean, Jack seems kind of victim blaming, you know. Yeah, this this is like Billy Joel, Boomer taking responsibility stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. Do you want to play that sound sample so we can hear yeah. him singing it in his own voice? I see these children with their boredom and their vacant stares. God help us all if we're to blame for their own answers. And that's, I guess, I guess that's also as a side note. That's what I was getting at when I said he's trying to sound like B- David Bowie, because that is a very David Bowie delivery. It, it very much is, and it's confusing to hear him sing like that. Yes, um, I, I like his like. It once again, it's hard to say what his voice is at its sort of truest, or like, I don't know. There's something to be said for. People should use their voices like an instrument, but also when you're listening to a songwriter in the context of one of their albums, you want to hear a a voice in the larger sense. Like, who is this right. person's voice? You know, what are they trying to say? And when you're doing a David Bowie impression on one of your songs, it's like <laughs> kind of confusing. Like, mm-hmm. what are you trying to do here? Yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of which, there are some straight up Axl Rose screams at the end of this song. (laughs) I wish you would welcome me to suburbia. Oh, (laughs) there it is. I talked over it. I squished it. I squashed it. No, you get it. there. Yeah. Uh, knees, knees, knees. No, 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 Let's move on. Yeah. Next song is called The Great Wall of China. Your song was too defective. Some people just don't have a heart to be broken. We could run all the way to the Great Wall of China. If you only had a little more faith in me. Speaking of David Bowie, that's also very David Bowie. It, the songwriting sounds very David Bowie too, like the chord progression and the melody and stuff. What do you think? I well, I actually I agree, but I I also got Red Hot Chili Peppers vibes from like them. in the instrumentation or the like chord the, progression, the instrumentation and the arrangement, some okay. of the singing as well uh, in the verses specifically. 
Uh-huh. Uh, there are there is slapped bass. Um, there is like doubled octave. There's sort of like white boy funk stuff going on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the like, uh, you know, kind of like cheesy lyrics um, that are like kind of aphorism based advice is cheap. You can take it from me. It's yours mm-hmm. to keep because opinions are free. Um, just so you're like, what is this about? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a little more specific than a red hot chili pepper lyric, right. but, but not a lot. No. And then of course, as we could have gone all the way to the great wall of China, if you'd only had a little more faith in me in lieu of diamonds, golden platinum reminders will still shine bright. All the king's men and all the king's horses can't put you together the way you used to be. Is this about a breakup, maybe? Well, apparently this is one of the songs about his uh, uh, brother-in-law agent or whatever. Oh, yeah. Manager. <laughs> the the genius um, explanation over here on the right-hand side says, this is the closest that Billy Joel has come to laying down a, quote, diss track also. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really weird. Uh, I don't think that the we could have gone all the way to the great wall of china is you're right we wasted so much we could have gone on a trip together <laughs> yeah it's you know, like kind of weird i don't understand that we could have been to a tourist place you want to go to a tourist place well you can't because yeah. you ripped me off yeah i don't know about that it's, he's got it, some it, uh real the song after it yeah <laughs> it's like... yeah that's weird He's got some real harsh burns in in this song, though. They're like, oof. It's like bone chilling. Like this one. You take a piece of whatever you touch. Too many pieces means you're touching too much. Oh, murdered the man. Oh, murdered by words. Oh, Jesus. Somebody call a wambulance. Okay. Thank you for that entirely unironic uh, review of, uh-huh. of those lyrics. Yeah, absolutely. You uh, can never win if you can't play it straight. You can only beat me if you get to hate. I think it's if you get me to hate. Oh, get me he's, to hate. You know, he's they, taking the high road. They go, they go low, we go high. That's yeah. what Michelle Obama would say. Yeah, that worked really well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And we all live in paradise now, as we know. Yeah, I would like to think we all are beyond that now. (laughs) (laughs) I hope so. I mean, she said it again. Oh, really? At the at the most recent DNC, but she she didn't say it with the same amount of chutzpah that she did Mm -hmm. last time. Uh, anything uh, else? I don't know if I have anything else yeah. to say about this song. Blonde over blue. I ha- well, as a side note, I haven't had a chance to read the lyrics for these songs yet. I'm not prepared. It's great. Um, so I'm very curious to to figure I'm out what this fucking song. I'm surprised you're willing to do an episode this week at all. <laughs> yeah, me too. But I love our listeners, and I want them to love me. <laughs> so I'm gonna put on my little monkey hat for them and dance, perform. <laughs> And you're my organ grinder. Grind that organ for me. Let's listen to Blonde Over Blue. More David Bowie lyrics, or vocals, rather. This is another really 
perplexing metaphor. <laughs> mm. Blonde over blue. I'm just I'm I I what I think of when I hear that is like blue eyes and then blonde hair above it. That's what I think of too. Yeah. Yeah, blonde hair, blue eyed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like that. But he he's saying that like blonde is sort of the power of the light, like optimism, which it is problematic at the worst and just confounding at best. <laughs> yeah. It's also because he uses uh, the feminine uh, spelling of blonde has the E at the end. Oh, interesting. I thought so, that was the only way to s- spell it. No, it's one of the few words in English that is gendered specifically uh, like fiance. Like most of them are just borrowed directly from French. Uh, there's a male and female form of fiance or rather masculine and ge- uh, feminine form of fiance as well as blonde. So like huh. in French, uh, the feminine version has an extra E at the end. So he's blondie. blondie. Uh, e to the beat. Yeah. Um, and, and then blue meaning um, the like, blues. Like being blue. Yeah. Which yeah. my understanding is there a precedent for calling calling like being blue like before blues music or did they invent that no i believe if i'm correct i think it ultimately comes from the blue devils which is uh another name for delirium tremens which is like uh like what, what you get after with like alcohol withdrawal essentially oh, interesting the blue devils i believe that's where it comes from you're about to do some real whitewashing here, potentially. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, who's who's to say? Um, there's like an interesting thing, at least in this song, mm-hmm. which is there are these clusters um, of... There's a walk down, but it starts... Usually like a walk down will start like... Da, it'll start on the do, and then it'll go t, and then it'll go te, and then la. Sometimes lay, and then so. Some people call that the Andalusian cadence, mm. or very or da 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 da, like the you know, hit the road jack. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it's like the most used uh, chord progression ever, mm. or motif, not necessarily a chord progression. Um, you said corn but- progression chord progression corn uses it a lot those jazzy <laughs> motherfuckers <laughs> i love those guys corn progressions <laughs> corn progression uh, um i i have a sorry did you oh yeah yeah, yeah. but uh so usually you start just on the dough on the the tonic but in this one they start with the dough and then the t underneath the seventh degree they start there and then they go down to the Tay, um, to the minor seven. Um, it's a really dissonant way to start. Usually, you know, your, your ears sort of forgive the walk down dissonances cause you know that it's on the way to something. But if you start like, it's like you jumped over the first step on your way down the stairs. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you want to play that, um, sound sample? Yeah. There. Yeah. Sounds like a horror movie. Some days when I'm borrowing in a lonely room in a cold seclusion. 
some nights when I'm wound so tight there's no So guys but there's also that pedal tone the whole time which is going at the same time as and then that's like really dissonant rubbing together and it literally yeah. sounds like um you know the psycho score it does yeah yeah damn uh that's the only really interesting thing musically in this song, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, um, there is a Satriani esque guitar bro yeah. kind of section. Yes, if you want to play there that. Is. I do. <laughs> this would be the era. That's yeah, um, I have a. By the way, I have a definitive answer about blue, the word oh, and please. its meaning of like being sad and stuff. Uh, it apparently dates back to circa fourteen hundred, mm. and um, apparently it's well. The online etymology dictionary says it it is maybe by way of the Old Norse cognate bla, which means livid or lead colored, um, and it may be a reference to uh, being like darkened by bruising oh. like applying implying a bruised heart or feelings there you go yeah so it's it's quite old but it does not have anything to do with the the blue devils so i was dumb and wrong and bad and i will never forgive myself yep yeah this right. is norse erasure yeah it's true do you want to go to a minor variation for once <laughs> for once uh yeah this is uh, your favorite song yeah <laughs> that last one was not Billy Joel as much as your ears may make you think it was. That's some real rhythm and blues right there. Yeah, that's the real <laughs> shit. Oof. Oh boy. What what made Billy Joel think that he should be making that kind of blues song in 1993? It's not it's not great. No. It's like the, I'm not going to say it's the epitome, but it's definitely like a pretty egregious example of like aging white boomer blues, which is my, maybe my least favorite genre of music ever. <laughs> it's so bad. Um, usually when you complain about this genre, there's some like pretty intense body shaming and I want to applaud you for, <laughs> <laughs> for not doing that. That's, that's actually like grown a, a good point. <laughs> <laughs> I usually talk about how there are fat old white boomers. <laughs> well, there it is. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just uh, explaining what you mean by yeah. saying body shaming. Yeah. Um, it's, it's okay though. I'm punching up. I, right? I guess you are. Um, that means I can get away with literally anything, right? Yeah. I can, I can do, even if it causes all kinds of collateral damage, I yeah. can do whatever I want as long as it's punching up, right? Yeah. I, lo I love it when people um, 
say that Donald Trump has a small penis as if that's a bad thing and uh-huh, uh-huh. say that he's gay with know, Putin. he's that he's gay with Putin as if that's a bad thing. Yeah, exactly. And th- and that's completely okay because it's punching up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> we did it guys. We solved We've established it. the rules. Yeah. Um, I only have one sound sample for this and it's the one that's labeled just in case you were wondering if this is a blues song. This is the first line of the song. <laughs> I almost took a sound sample of this, but then I didn't take any sound samples at all. Yeah, then you made me do them all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some days I have to give right into the blue. I snorted really loud when I heard that when I was listening to this album. I was like, you've yeah. got to be fucking kidding me. Yeah, he has the blues because he has slightly fewer millions than he used to i mean and who corrupt manager yeah who among us cannot say the same i'm still unfathomable unfathomable well i guess Un- that no nope. i guess that word isn't in my vocabulary guess we're just I gonna bail out of that sentence huh <laughs> there we go here we go i was going Next. to say wealthy <laughs> um i mean and when you get down to it isn't that the true meaning of the blues being still unbelievably wealthy beyond anyone's wildest dreams, but then being slightly less wealthy than that because someone was mean to you. That's really what the blues is about. I think like when you look at the history of it and like who originally sang it. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're onto something here. So I, I think it's worth addressing the lyrical device in this song, um, which I don't think is great, but basically he says until I'm through, with this blue situation, pass me the wine. It's just a minor variation or other times he says, but still it's all a small consolation. I just define it as a minor variation. So he's talking about like classical music, right? When, uh, you take the motif that maybe in this situation is in a major key and you transpose it to a minor key. And you do the same thing, but you do it in a minor key instead. There, I mean, I think we've, I think we've talked about like minor key versions of pop songs on this show before, yeah. you know, um, and how sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Depends on how major the original song actually is. But like, just as an example, if you were to do um, "Twinkle Twinkle Little Star" in major, it'd be um, "Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, How I Wonder What You Are." And then if you're to do it in the natural minor scale, it would be twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder what you are. And that would be a minor variation of it if you were um, doing variations on twinkle, twinkle, little star. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you could do that in any number of modes. Um, uh, and it would change. You would still recognize it because it follows the contour. So that's like what he's he, he's sort of saying, like, is this the blues or is it a minor variation? Um, and he's sort of talking about blues tonality um, and harmony and then using this play on words. Um, and he's I, I think he's using that as a metaphor to say, like, OK, I'm having a bad day, but it's not like it's just a minor variation on ultimately a, a positive life. I think is kind of the thing he's trying to say, which actually to give him, if he's trying to say that, then I got to give him credit. Cause yeah, he, he doesn't have the blues. Right. He's it's a minor variation on an otherwise charmed life. Um, but, um, but ultimately it's, 
Yeah, it's just like a little um, gaggy to listen to him saying this. Yeah. <laughs> and for is. some for some reason, when um, Bruno does it, it's uh, it's it's not. It's just funny, mm. <laughs> and it you know. But like when Billy Joel does it, there's just like this kind of sincerity when he tries to do these pastiches. That's that I just don't get from. From Bruno, I don't even know. I don't even remember what his actual name is. He's just Bruno to me at this point. It was the return of Bruno. Yeah, and then there was no one else left. See, Bruno uh, Willis, I think, is his name. Yeah, there it is. See our episode uh, on Return of Bruno. I'll link it in the learning links. Was a, the definitive source. It was better. It was a better album than this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, <laughs> go out limb and say that. <laughs> okay. I think Shades of Grey is worth talking about. Okay. Let's do it then. Shades of Grey, wherever I go, the more I find out, the less that I know. More than a feeling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what it sounds like a lot. Uh, but he's singing really in his chest. What do you think about this song? I think that some things were perfectly clear, seen with the vision of you. No doubts and nothing <laughs> I to fear. I claimed the corner on truth. <laughs> he claimed the corner on truth, Cameron. Um, shades of gray wherever I go, the more I find out, the less that I know. Black and white is how it should be, but shades of gray are the colors I see. That's, this is the zoom out stuff I'm talking about. Yeah, it's very zoomed out. He's just like, he's working with a metaphor, a, and not only a metaphor, a cliche, the yes. like shades of gray and the black and white thinking and whatnot. And uh, he does a very odd thing. He says that things should be black and white, which is not usually how either of those phrases is used. Right. You accuse someone of having black and white thinking because it's simplistic and reductionist. Right. Um, and you talk about the shades of gray as like the shades of nuance in between the two extremes. But he's like, nope, let's throw all that shit out. I want it. I want either yes or no binary. He's a, he's a computer. Cameron Billy Joel is a computer. He only thinks in binary. <laughs> it's it's interesting because he he's talking about that he's seeing shades of gray, and it's like, is this about your perception, or or are you saying that's the way things actually are? Um, like, what is he actually trying to say? It's a little it's a little hard to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's true. And, and I kind of. <laughs> it's we talk about this sometimes it's like you could apply this in any number of ways like is he i would be concerned about people listening to this and be and being like yeah young people are really black and white and like they don't understand how complex things are because i i hear i hear boomers these days even some boomers that i really respect like accusing um young people when they have loud strong opinions of like not appreciating the shades of gray especially on this the year 2020 mm-hmm. where we have two terrible options for president yeah. um, and some people are even young people who are vocally planning on voting for biden um are like loudly criticizing him and like some some boomers that i otherwise really respect are like you know just like saying like hey you you gotta realize that this is really complicated you know and it's like well i do fucking realize that it's complicated yeah. that's why i'm voting for it yeah but i'm gonna goddamn complain about it it's like bullshit then yeah. like yeah uh <laughs> yeah it's it's really funny how 
um, one of the mainstream Democratic uh, responses to Trump has been, well, I guess you can't criticize us ever again. <laughs> what else do you got? You want to go with the other guy? You want to go with the openly fascist guy? <laughs> We're the best you got. You can't even yeah. criticize us. Fuck you. <laughs> We're not even going to give you anything you want. We're just going to let America degrade slightly less than the other guys. Oof. Strong political opinions uh, yeah. expressed here. So. Yeah, and I, I guess he takes a stand with, like, <laughs> the most damning part is when he says, save us all from arrogant men and all the causes, therefore. I won't be righteous again. I'm not that sure anymore. And I, I feel like it's just reading it right now it's like hard to hear that kind of thing yeah because Um, there's like there's a few things you can be pretty sure of i think that like everyone is entitled to live um everyone is entitled to respect and not being oppressed or like enslaved or murdered you know there's there's some things that are like you know like you can you can you can be self-righteous about that i'll give that to you come on yeah, it's like there's stances that you can still take uh, while acknowledging shades of gray. Yeah, um, we were we were actually just talking in our um, weekly uh, mini podcast, secret mini podcast for Patreon secret supporters. For What's support. in the box weekly? Go to support.boxset.website. Do do that. Yeah, and we we were talking about uh, Lovecraft Country. Uh, the original book and the HBO series that just came out um, very recently. And Nathan informed me that that was written by a white man and the show centers, and I guess the book also centers uh, black American uh, experiences in Jim Crow. Um, And one of the things you should still (laughs) subscribe to listen, I'm not going to give it all all away, but like you were saying that the book suffers from, you know, maybe suffers from this, this white man writing this book and trying to depict black characters as respectfully as possible and therefore robbing them of any sort of um, shades of gray, if you will, Uh, in like any sort of interesting character. (laughs) you know, like flaws or um, complexity mm-hmm. because he doesn't want, he's trying to be sensitive, I guess, uh, yeah. is what you suspect of him. And yeah, like this song, I would appreciate a lot more if, if I mean, that's a shade of gray within this kind of perspective, which is, Yes, things are complicated and um, there is no clear way forward on a lot of these issues, but you can still make a like a black and white stand um, and the things you say publicly and the, the stances you make publicly like um, and and the discussions you have privately, they get to be different, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and solidarity um, uh yeah, it looks different um, when you're in front of a crowd of people than it does when you're in a, you know, having a beer with someone yep. um, or in a in some sort of private situation. And uh, yeah, like I feel I feel like Billy Joel is missing out on, ironically, shades of gray in this. And he's just saying this kind of tired thing, which is like essentially that I'm tired because I'm old and like, and I just, I'm confounded and confused. Mm -hmm. And 
it makes me feel like why this is an old idea and this isn't a very useful idea. Yeah. You're essentially when just it, like, yeah. Giving why is this a song? Way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, it's wistful for a thing that I don't want people to be wistful about ultimately yes. when they have a platform. I think in the song's defense a little bit, it seems mostly um, grounded in the experience of war and at least, at least partially it is. Um, and, and to the extent that it is, I think it is a more successful song talking about how um, when he was young, he was like shipped off to war and he thought it was like very black and white. Uh, he, I, what one verse is Wait, like, was he shipped off to war or did he sign up? Is that what you're asking? I don't think Billy Joel was a soldier. No, 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 no. True? The character in the song. Sorry. I think all that war stuff is, is, is a metaphor? metaphorical Are by the sure? speaker of I don't the know. song. It says once there were trenches and walls and one point of every view fight till the other man falls, kill him before he kills you. Yeah, but he says, in one point of every view. That's uh, not warfare speak. I think he's just true. being metaphorical. Okay, so y- you're probably right. If it were about like a, a soldier growing up and getting tired of like literal warfare and saying that like it's more complicated than just like two sides fighting each other, I'd be much more into yeah. it than like just kind of appropriating that and using it as like a yeah. <laughs> weird little metaphor to say, I'm tired of engaging with moral nuance on issues and I'm just going to like take a step back and be like, well, both sides have good points. Say la vie. Say la vie. It's <laughs> fine yeah. people on both sides. Yeah. Yeah. I was just talking about um, with someone, maybe it was with Becca about, you know, the military industrial complex and the sort of, the sort of two sides of um, whether we should, be participating in certain military conflicts or not. Um, you know, some people are like, no, we need to like not do anything. Uh, and we need to like dismantle the military. And some people are like, well, no, we need to (laughs) have this aggressive foreign policy. And ideologically, I like, I feel like, yeah, dismantle the military. I remember when Jill Stein as much of a joke of a, (laughs) Yeah, of a candidate, uh, she was um, back in. Uh, I guess that was, was that all the way back in 2016. Yeah, Fuck. it was. It yeah. seems so long ago. Yeah. It <laughs> We're was all yeah. so much older than yeah. just four years. Um, all those decades ago in 2016. Oh my god! I uh, shout out to Jill. Uh, maybe we should cover Jill Stein's album. She has like an album? political folk album for Whoa. like a cappella concert. Oh boy, should I just call should. that? Should yeah, we let's do, do that let's for do. Let's just next week? Do yeah, why not? I don't. Care. That's nice and relevant. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, we'll get back to that. Maybe we'll do that if if that actually exists. I think it does. I think Bernie has one too. Oh, maybe we do them both. Yeah. <laughs> or is that too much? Is that stupid? I don't know. It, Anyway, Jill Stein, one of her platforms was, I'm going to dismantle the military down to the National Guard. And I remember reading that and I was like, wow, that's incredible. No one else is saying that. No one's going to vote for that. <laughs> or very, yeah. because even me, like, I'm, you know, I remember when, when Trump, uh, like, took, I think he like took support out of Yemen or something. Uh, and then a bunch of Kurdish people died. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, well, yeah, I, obviously I don't want us to have been there in the first place. Yep. But also I really 
care about Kurdish people, yeah. <laughs> you know, and like what they're fighting for. And they were counting on us in this particular moment. And it's like, and we yeah, obviously, them. obviously there's shades of gray, you know, mm-hmm. like the uh, Yazidi people. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, this like um, religious minority in, I think, uh, in that area, uh, you know, like American, you know, like military, like essentially saved them from complete uh, annihilation from ISIS um, a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now, you know, it's, they're like, I, I had a friend go over there and, and talk with them and they're like wearing American flag shirts and mm-hmm. saying, send more drones, which is fucked. That's crazy. <laughs> you know, but like, anyway, all that is to say, yes, shades of gray exist and things are complicated but um but you still get to like take a stand and draw clear boundaries yeah i mean i think yeah and that's this, what billy joel is missing out on in yeah, this song the song essentially seems to be saying shades of gray exist therefore no conclusion is possible whereas i think what you're getting at and what i'd agree with is that Shades of gray exist, therefore a conclusion is all that much more important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm going to make a note here. There was some sort of like you dropped out uh, or I dropped out or something, and mm-hmm. I'll have to go back and look. Uh, but let's just make a, a, a clean transition into the final song. Yeah. Um, do you want? How many more of these do we need to cover, do you think? So let's just like, let's just breeze through talking about, I don't even really want to listen to that many more, but All About Soul is a really boring song. It's about how underneath these like lofty concepts of love is a more important thing, which is soul. And he doesn't really explain what that is, but it has something, it's like the je ne sais quoi of like what it takes to like live a life and be mm-hmm. in a relationship. And it's, I don't know, it's kind of boring. And it's another yeah. one of those like zoom out things but I feel like he has even less to say. I don't want to listen to it or talk about it any more than that, unless you have things to say about it. No. No, yeah, I thought so. She still believes in miracles oh. While others cry in vain It's all about soul It's all about soul Yeah, what is that? It's all about soul. It's hard to argue with that, mostly because it's hard to say what it actually means. Lullaby is kind of a kind of a sweet song. It's just like a song to his daughter. Uh, I guess originally it was supposed to be a Gregorian chant in Latin, and then uh, they and now it's not. But that that recording exists somewhere, apparently. Yeah, in his box set, My Lives. Um, I recognize this actually. When I heard it. Do you want to just Me play too. the general sound sample? Yeah. I promised I would never leave you. And you should always know. Wherever you may go. Billy Joel voice. Yeah. He's back it's to nice. singing like Billy Joel. I, I appreciated this song because it's like piano ballad, Billy Joel voice. He's staying in his lane uh, in a way that suits him. It's a, it's a, I think it's a pretty sweet song. 
It's yeah. not his best song in terms of lyrics, but the melody's really nice. Yeah, I agree. And, and the general sentiment is good. Yeah, I had. I had also. It sounded familiar to me. Also, I, so, some of these songs, like I had, I'd heard on probably like a greatest hits album or something that my dad had. Mm. I think, um, including the next one, "River of Dreams," which I always thought was called "In the Middle of the Night." Yeah, me too. Yeah. I try to rush to the opposite side so I can finally find what I've been looking for in the middle of the night. I go walking in my sleep. Why does it sound like the Tarzan soundtrack? <laughs> Especially I before. Know. Yeah, exactly. Show me. <laughs> it sounds Phil so Collins like would it. be fun to do. Oh, he's probably got eight hundred thousand albums. Yeah, probably. Uh, this song I had like a real like sense memory, just like um, time travel when I heard it because I haven't heard it in. I think I, I don't think I've heard it in 20 years or something yeah. um, because I had no, I don't know. I, I, my family in the car and at, and at our house um, and in the orthodontist office, like the K103 right. FM, K103 FM. I think it's how the jingle went um, <laughs> in Portland, in the Portland area. It was like the soft rock station mm-hmm. and you know, they were playing a lot of Billy Joel. Oh, of course they were. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I heard the song a lot, and I, and because of that, I I kind of like it. <laughs> like, I kind of like it too. Yeah. I, I think just because it like reserved a little like bit of real estate in my brain. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was, was kind of into it. Yeah, me too. But um, uh, it's kind of a weird song. He's it's, uh, it's like fast just, and loose with a lot of metaphors of rivers and oceans and fear and doubt and. It feels very like new agey kind of hippie in the middle of the it's night. Hip, it's hippy dippy. If you will, it's hippy dippy, skippy, yippee in the middle of the night. I go walking in my sleep from the mountains of faith to a river. So deep. I must be looking for something, something sacred. I lost, but the river is wide and it's too hard to cross. Interesting that the river is uh, a negative thing in this imagery. Bad river, <laughs> bad river. It's too wide, too hard to cross. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't have anything else to say about that song. It's it's like this. I don't know. It's it's very bizarre. He's saying like the river of dream is the thing that's preventing him from getting to what he's to find out what he's been looking for. He doesn't even know what he's been looking for. He's he's trying to find out what it is. You know what? I'm just gonna say I still haven't found what I'm looking for by you two. I think is a better song <laughs> that does yes. the same thing. I agree. Wow, you hate you too. I do you agree. I mean, lyrically, I think it's probably better. Uh, two thousand years is a weird fucking song. I don't know what to do with that song. We should yeah. talk a little bit about it. Okay. Time is relentless. Only true love Yeah, I don't know. To me, when you when you say two thousand years, and you're like, in the beginning there was the cold and the night. Prophets and angels gave us the fire and the light. Man was triumphant. I'm just thinking like it's this weird like Western civilization kind of dynamic going on. Is that what he's talking about? I don't know because this is 1993. This is 
almost exactly you know two thousand years after the supposed historical birth of Jesus. Um, but Billy Joel is also Jewish. Jesus truther over here. I don't know because it's like why else choose specifically two thousand years? Yeah, I don't think it's specifically about Jesus, but I think it's sort of about the the era. I then guess. why not ten thousand years? Well, because I, I don't think it's about the agricultural revolution. Oh, uh, I mean, it <laughs> does. Know, in the beginning, whatever. there was the cold and the night. He does, though. Yeah, he goes back. He goes all the way back. He goes to prehistory. Yeah, pre-fire. So, he goes pre-fire, Cameron. That's <laughs> this is the ultimate zoom out. This song. Yeah, it's that's longer than ten thousand years. I think I'm. I think I'm right in saying that. Yeah, he's like, I don't know, he's trying to preach a little bit. Without compassion, there can be no end to hate, no end to sorrow, caused by the same endless fears. Uh, He's talking about the future, science and poetry ruling the new world to come. Science and poetry. That's giving me real creepy vibes. That's like your your marriage, right? (laughs) I guess. Nathan, the poet. Rachel, the scientist. Yeah. Yeah. The patent attorney, science. (laughs) Yeah. And the poet who hasn't written a poem in a very long time. Five years, at least. Five years. You don't don't even dapple anymore. No, I I fucking hate poetry. It sucks. Shit. (laughs) (laughs) It just took me a long time to find out how much it sucks. (laughs) (laughs) With some exceptions. Yeah. Uh, and at the end, we are 2,000 years. That's what he says. Yeah. Time is relentless. And as the past disappears, we're on the verge of all things new. We are 2,000 years. Is, is this just like some weird like millennial optimism? Not millennial in the sense of the generation, but in the sense of like he senses the impending change of the millennium. And he's like, I'm going to reflect back on all of human history and talk about how we're all on the, the verge of all things new. Right, the sort of, uh, the sort of, well, it's it's cosmically significant that we have a, a nice round number coming up here. Yeah, exactly. Year two thousand. If you we know, make it through Y two K, yeah. This uh, this kind of like march of science and progress and the verge of all things new. It just makes me think of like a fucking like eugenicist or something. Like that's this is the kind of rhetoric you hear from like like Nazis and eugenicists and like uh like uh white supremacists who are all talking about like western civilization and shit. It's like I I do not like hearing this. I can't wait for the future when we're all singing Wagner together. <laughs> exactly. Uh. Whew, uh yeah uh the one thing that i like about this song is there's this like kind of cute little fiddle tune uh oh yeah kind of kind of style melody in the interludes between these verses yeah i wonder if it's it's chuck perlman again it does not say anyway here it is After two thousand years. oh because it's playing a synthesizer It sounds like um, there's a hole in my bucket. Yeah, your life. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> what if, he just, if it literally was just that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could tell me it was, and I'd believe you. 
<laughs> and then he sings it. Yeah. Two thousand years. There's a hole in my bucket. With what shall I mend it? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I would. I would be more into that. That that like complete zooming in of talking about a hole in a bucket. And, that's um, way more interesting a chicken egg kind of situation like yeah. then talk i feel like that would be more have more metaphorical weight for <laughs> where we're at in in this millennia yeah um then uh then this like lofty kind of hippy dippy song i don't about know about all of human existence <laughs> yeah I don't know what you're talking about, Cameron. As soon as the, the, the year flipped over and the new millennium began, everything just started improving and getting better. And it's definitely, everything's much, much better than it was. Like, you know, yeah, we got 90. 3D printers now. Yeah. We can 3D With print what guns. shall I mend it? Uh, 3D print yourself a new one, dear Liza. Yeah. <laughs> Throw the old one in a landfill, dear Liza. <laughs> it's the year 2000. <laughs> <laughs> Let me Google that for you, dear Liza. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you want to talk about the last one? Famous last words, which is yeah, a let's have a dumb s- title. Sweet little boring goodbyes. <laughs> yeah, Billy Joel. Here we go. Still taste a wedding cake and it's sweet after all these years. These are the last words I have to say. These are the last words I have to say. That's why they took so long to write. There will be other words some other day, but that's the story of my life. It does sound like he's on his deathbed. Also, it's pretty bold to say that these are your last words, and that's why it took so long to write, but these words say nothing. Yeah. It's it's like... Comfort in my coffee cup. Apples in the early fall. Yeah, it's, it's a mixture of just like very specific, very boring imagery... And details and kind of like weird zoom out metaphors. Sitting here in the Avalon, looking at the pouring rain, summertime has come and gone and everybody's home again. Isn't that interesting? Um, And then he says, closing down for the season, I found the last of the souvenirs. I can still taste the wedding cake and it's sweet after all these years. So that's a metaphor. I have to wonder, like, is there an age where I'm just going to get sort of emotional like when someone just brings up the idea of having been around for a while and some of it's nice (laughs) you know i think it's possible that that might like get to me at some point um because there's like i don't know i still get like kind of automatically emotional when i see like um like teenage displays of like dignity and rebellion like it still sort Mm -hmm. of affects me and it's like I don't know. I feel like he's writing to a very particular audience who's able to appreciate this, but I don't, I can't maybe someday I'll listen to it again. It also has an incredibly bizarre bridge and it's so clear stand. It's so clear standing here where I am. Ain't that what justice is for? Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn anymore. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Hey, (laughs) I forgot about that. So, reference that weirdo racist movie from the 30s. Um, ask a rhetorical yeah. question that is really unclear what the f- fuck the, the answer is supposed to be. It's so clear standing here where I am. What is so clear? Where are you? And then he says, ain't that what justice is for? Ain't what what justice is for? 
And am I supposed to say yes to that or no? Like, what do you expect <laughs> from me, Billy Joel? What do you want? I, re- I refuse the, the rhetorical uh, phrasing of that question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I reject the, I unask the question as my, as my Zen heads would, uh, would love. Moo or woo, depending on uh, which language. There's a okay. There's a there's a there's a famous okay, koan. Do you want me to put something in the learning links? Yeah, yeah. There's there's a famous okay. koan where uh, one monk asks another if or the master, I guess the Zen patriarch or whatever. He asks him, "Does the dog have Buddha nature?" And the um, the master replies, "I think it, they were talking in Chinese, so that he would have said Wu, which means um, it, it's like it's like a particle that means." It's, it's. I'm not going to get into the gr- grammatics of it, but wait, is a particle a, a part of speech, or yes. do you mean a participle or an article? No, a particle. A particle is is a part of speech. Yes. Which one? Uh, the smallest one. <laughs> the the littlest guy. <laughs> um, but the idea is he negates the premise of the question. So it's it's the thing where someone asks you <laughs> yes or like, no. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, basically, he's like he's like he unasks the question is is how is how people talk about it, it and that's, that's the great. that's the meaning of the koan is like you just like negate the question because the premise is flawed. Clearly, he needs to like go to the UCB and take a couple classes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the opposite of yes and come on, dude. Enlighten my ass. Not enlightened enough to tell a damn joke play along um yeah i don't don't know maybe maybe there will be a learning link about it yeah maybe (laughs) we'll see uh should we okay let's say official goodbye to billy joel maybe we'll watch oliver and company at some point after we watch eight mile like we've been promising to do yeah i mean we can actually watch movies together so maybe that'll that's actually happen yeah can make a, a proper hang out of it um should we talk about what we're going to do next oh uh yes do do we have any ideas or do you have have any ideas because i I do have some ideas okay good there's (sighs) lady gaga came out with a new album this year Uh uh-huh taylor swift came out with a new album this year ladies (laughs) i think either would be perfect candidates for think outside the box set what we're doing here lady uh or taylor swift also came out with a documentary about uh kind of how everyone hates her (laughs) and her responses to that which i'm also really interested in watching um or at least covering and letting that inform uh the progression of the of the career and uh yeah and lady gaga's whole like i don't i don't know if we've had that level of sort of performance art i thought that slayer would be that but they ended up being very low yeah you know context icp at their best got there but ultimately a lot of the time it just seemed like they were singing from their own voices right i I feel like lady gaga might have something to really grab onto there in terms of having a persona and camp the queer concept of camp mm-hmm. and i don't know if we've covered anyone who's like specifically like a queer icon yeah abba and maybe that, maybe mm, not today maybe back 
back in the day yeah maybe uh yeah so i i'd be really interested in covering either of those artists do you have any feedback that you're willing to go on record or should we just (laughs) keep it for next time (laughs) Uh, should we just say we'll renounce it next time and it'll be a surprise or do you want to commit to one i mean we could do a poll i guess we'd have we could do poll let's let's do a freaking poll yeah let's do a poll let's just keep it short and sweet are you you cool with a poll between those two yeah yeah totally lady gaga and tay tay Tay-tay. Great. Yeah. We'll, uh, I, I will put up a survey monkey. Uh, and uh, let's just say, uh, and I'll, and I'll give a, a date on there for when it has to be done. Great. And that, that'll be on the survey. Once I decide what that date is. Mm, yes. So you, you decide, are we talking about Lady Gaga or Taylor Swift? We report, mm-hmm. you decide <laughs> fair and balanced. We present a dichotomy and you take a size. <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't unask the question. Don't. Oh man, I was going to say that. Uh, all right. Well, um, thanks for listening, everyone, in our long, long Billy Joel season. It's been fun. Um, it's also been a bit of a drag at times. So thanks for sticking with us. Um, until next week with our new artist. You know what, Cameron, what we could do is um, we could do like a palate cleanser or two if you wanted to give people we a should. little extra time to... We should do that. Yeah, because otherwise it'd be like they'd have a few days to answer the poll. So let's, we'll, let's give them a We'll cleanse your dang palates. Cleanse those dang palates, yeah. So until next time with a palate cleanser, you can visit us online at boxset.website, email us at email at boxset.website, tweet us at Topias Podcast, get on our Discord, the link will be in the show notes, um, you can also go on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever the fuck it's called now. Write us if you jam those stars. And as Cameron alluded to earlier, you can support us very directly by going to our Patreon at support.boxset.website or for free, you can support us directly by sharing the show with people. Just force other people to listen to it. That's sure to make them like it. I think. <laughs> it must. Yeah. Um... You can also listen to Cameron's other podcast, which is called Get Up in the Cool and has been doing very cool things recently that are very fun. There was a recent episode where he had a duet between a mandolin player and a banjo player who was playing a very low-tuned, very tubby, bassy, fretless banjo. It sounded so cool. Those two instruments together. Yeah. You don't really hear those together. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, until... uh, until next week, I've been Nathan Hunt, and when I was a little baby, I was a blonde over blue. Yeah. Aw, <laughs> little baby Nathan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I've been Cameron DeWitt, and it's hippy dippy skippy yippy. <laughs> <laughs>